You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. It's only a kick, a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore data. Um, I want to jump right in today. Um, again, just trying to refine my thoughts on things, right? I've, I've, I'm pretty well dug in at this point on what I think, Packers-Lions, um, and I'm, I'm just trying to find different information that I can plug in. But as we've learned, it's really hard to find good information, and I want to give you an example of that. Um, this is We're going to start off right off the bat here with a, a clip from Colin Coward, and for the 50th week in a row, he's betting against the Packers. Now, he, de- he doesn't say, because this is the whole betting thing, even though la- against Miami he did, uh, he he said, I love it so much, he actually gave a score prediction, and it was like a 10-point loss for the Packers. Um, but all he does is he takes the Lions with the points because, you know, he's not going to necessarily say the Lions win, but whatever. But, but again, he's betting against the Packers wrongfully for I don't know how many weeks in a row now. But again, it's just bad information. It, it, it's bad data. It's... it's uh, and, and you got the professional betting guy saying, "Oh yeah, I, I love your what what you're saying." It's very it's very basic that um, that this is bad, and, and and I can explain it pretty clearly. So here's what Colin Coward has to say on why once again he's betting against the Packers. So the last week they put all these division rivalry games out. The NFL did this on purpose. They know they matter, and they're you know you don't mail it in against the division rival. So the Lions are getting four and a half at Lambeau. So what's interesting in Green Bay's four-game winning streak, three of the teams are awful, and the Vikings are the luckiest overvalued team. And the truth is Aaron Rodgers in this four-game winning streak, his quarterback rating is 88. He has four touchdowns and two picks. It's a rivalry game. Too much firepower. I'm going to take the Lions plus four and a half, sharper square. All right. So here's the question. If your data only explains the past and doesn't predict the future, it sucks. Every week, all he does is he gets things wrong and then he explains it away. If you apply this exact data that he's using right now to the Vikings game, who wins? Vikings or Packers? 
the Vikings. If you apply this exact data to the Miami game, who wins, Vikings or Dolphins? The Dolphins. So why should you use the same data moving forward? If the whole thing is the teams you played in the past were garbage, I mean, this, this is the exact same argument he's been using the entire time. The, 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 the games prior to this, the wins, shouldn't count because they're bad football teams, and Aaron Rodgers isn't actually playing all that well. Therefore, they lose. Again, apply that. Apply it to the Rams, and, and I don't know if we win or lose or what, but um, we certainly don't cover, and we did. Apply that to Miami. Apply that to Minnesota. Again, these aren't just generic wins. We beat the Rams by 12 points. That's a big win. We beat Miami by six, which is a fairly sizable win. But when you factor in that we were four and a half point underdogs, that's a 10 and a half point swing in the favor of, wow, we undervalued them. We un- the Packers were undervalued by 10 and a half points. And then we beat Minnesota by, pff, what, 14 points? And they had two garbage time touchdowns? So, listen, the, the, the problem is if you're using the same bad data that would make you wrong last week, don't use it this week. Because it would have made you wrong against Minnesota and Miami and probably the Rams and probably Chicago because we beat them by a nine-point margin as well. These are big wins. These aren't just two-point, barely-scraped-it-out wins. It's not like we're four-point favorites and we win by two. Vegas has been underestimating the Packers this entire time. And so he's getting two things wrong. And, and here's the thing, he's right. Well, Minnesota is the most overrated team in football. Then why did you bet on them last week? Why did you do that? If you knew that they were overrated, because you want to go back and explain it away, but you didn't see that going forward. So there's two, two problems you're making here. Number one, you're underestimating the Packers and what they're doing. You're saying, well, these teams are no good. Right, but look at the quality of the wins on top of the fact that they won. Minnesota being frauds, a a fraudulent Minnesota team against a bad Packers team, the Packers don't win by basically 28 points. That's not how that works. If it was a two-point victory at home, fine. If it was a field goal win in the last second, fine. That's not what happened. So you're underestimating the Packers. Aaron Rodgers isn't the entire team. You have no idea what's even happening with the Green Bay Packers if you think the Packers are all Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Rodgers isn't succeeding, and therefore I don't have any reason to believe in the Packers. But number two, you're so focused on the Packers aren't actually that good, you're not focusing on any of the problems of the other teams like Minnesota. You, it doesn't do you any good to look backwards next week and say, well, Minnesota was frauds. Right, you should have seen that last week. I said that last week as a reason not to... Um, look at Minnesota. I, I was banging the table over and over and over again. The Packers aren't that good. Neither are the Vikings. I said right on this podcast, I'm not telling you we're an elite team, but I'm telling you Minnesota's really bad. And nobody wanted to hear it because everybody was so focused on, well, the Packers aren't actually that good. The Packers aren't actually that good. It's the same thing this week. Well, Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, they're overrated. They're not actually that good because they haven't beat that good of teams. Okay, now talk about Detroit. Detroit, who last time they were on the road, lost to the Carolina Panthers, 27-23. to They won the week prior to that on the road against the Jets, but they only scored 20 points. So you want to talk about this high power, there's too much firepower for Detroit. Explain the Detroit Lions on the road. You don't want to look at that at all? This is, this is the same thing repeating itself over and over and over and over and over. We are a 
team going up against a flawed opponent. Nobody wants to look at the flaws of the opponent. They only want to look at the flaws of the Packers and say, therefore, the Packers are overrated. Therefore, I don't think the Packers are either going to win or at the very least, they're not going to cover the spread. The Packers win. They massively cover the spread. And everybody looks back and says, yeah, well, that team wasn't that good. Right, dummy. And if you had seen that prior to what I've been saying for an entire week, you wouldn't be losing all your money because you suck at this. It's staring you in the face, bud. The Carolina Panthers were two weeks ago. Do you remember that? And he's right. Since over this period, Aaron Rodgers has an 87 passer rating. Um, he's the he's graded via PFF as the 15th best passer in the NFL over this win streak for the Green Bay Packers. That's true. And Jared Goff over that same period um, is the third best passer in the NFL. But what if we switched it up? You've got Aaron Rodgers with a, I think, 72 overall passing grade, uh, 80-some-odd, 87 passer rating, I think it was. But let's compare that to Jared Goff's on-the-road record or or grade or whatever you want to call it. I have to scroll quite a ways here. He is ranked 30th with Justin Fields, and and we're looking at weeks 3, 5, 7, 10, 11, 15, and 16, mixing it up a little bit because those are all the road games that he played. He ranks 30th. He has six touchdowns, four interceptions, 87.6 pass rating, and a 58.8 passing grade. So, and and again, this is the same thing I did last week. You're right. Aaron Rodgers hasn't been great. You're right. Um, Kirk Cousins has been better than Aaron Rodgers in a lot of different arenas. But look at Aaron Rodgers at home compared to um, uh, Kirk Cousins on the road, right? I did that last week. Suddenly, Aaron Rodgers is better. Same thing here. Who's better, Aaron Rodgers or Jared Goff? Suddenly, it switches to Aaron Rodgers if, if you're looking at the, the grade. He's thrown more touchdowns. Uh, touchdown to interception ratio is higher. So his, the overall passer rating ends up being about the same because, again, you, when you have, or was it about the same? I don't remember what Rodgers was. It doesn't matter. But again, the PFF grades, watching every single throw, the accuracy, all that stuff. Rodgers has been better over this win streak than Jared Goff has been on the road, period. And what if we also look at Aaron Rodgers at home, which we did last week, but we can include Minnesota this time, plus I forgot. Aaron Rodgers goes up to a 76.5 passing grade and has a 101.4 passer rating. 14 touchdowns and two interceptions at home this year. So again, what seems like better information to you? I don't even necessarily understand the Aaron Rodgers thing because, again, you're saying Rodgers hasn't been that good over this win streak. So what? Then why are we winning? Why? Well, because the other teams are bad. That doesn't explain anything. Really, really bad football teams don't just randomly go on four-game win streaks just because they're up against bad opponents. Every team mostly goes up against bad opponents because here's the thing. Most teams are not super great at football. So bad teams generally are, you know, and, and the Vikings, look at their record. They generally beat bad teams. Miami, especially at home, beats bad teams. Well, concussion. <laughs> People keep saying that, but it doesn't explain why they keep getting picks. Against Kirk, against the Rams, against the Bears. Right? Yes, there were four turnovers against Miami. There were also four against Minnesota. There were also three against Chicago and one against the Rams. 12 and 4 weeks and we're just going to keep talking about this Tua had a concussion thing. Okay. 
Again, you keep using your data, I'll keep using mine, but yours sounds like it sucks to me. But again, as, as a, if I may say the most obvious thing in the history of the world, if you use information that would have made you wrong every week of this Packers win streak, why would you apply it to this week? That is the dumbest thing ever. Ever. Now, you, you can bring it up as a point of context, but it, it, just leaving it at that, that's insane to me. That doesn't make any sense. To be clear, though, um, it's definitely not all negative for the Packers. Some people are starting to come around and, and have some better information. Um, I'm going to sound biased. Anybody that agrees with me, I'm going to say, is, is much more intelligent. But listen, I've been opposed to Colin Coward's picks for a while now, and I've been telling you, Brady, I, I, I like uh, Brady Quinn and um, Pete Prisco for a while now. But before we get to their picks on the Packers-Lions, especially Pete Prisco, which I really, really like his thought process here, we got to be good neighbors. We got to check in. Um, I want to start with uh, the Vikings, the Purple Pocket podcast. Um, they were having some problems and um, just sound like they're having a bad time. So I, I want to I hang out with them a little bit today and make sure they're doing all right. They're good people. They're good people over Pick. there. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. This this tonight was sad, bro. Like a pitiful. This was more. This was worse than the Dallas game, to be honest. Like, they really, uh, they really uh, I think the Dallas game that. we got just absolutely manhandled. This. Was, so what happened tonight? You don't think we got absolutely manhandled? 47? Oh, don't jump on me already, yeah. Jesus! You're comparing it to the manhandled. Cowboys game. Yeah. Cowboys game, they absolutely the dominated us. In every aspect of the game. This okay, what, 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 what did we win today? What, what category did we win today? Oh, boy. The fighting over there is, uh, has begun. Guys, listen, listen. You're, you're friends. You're on the same team. It doesn't matter which absolute beating you took was worse. The point is you took two beatings because you suck. And you guys should come together on that and embrace that. Hug it out. Also, probably should just admit the Packers game was worse because you lost to a rival and not be bitter and just not want to give the Packers any credit. I mean, just, just, just man up and accept it. It's fine. This was worse, and you know it. All right, let's see what the Bears are up to. Uh, again, glad to hear that acceptance has kind of taken over, uh, at least for, for some of them. Spectacular. If you yeah. ask me to point out something that, that good that happened on the defense, um, they lined up right. They, they they lined up right. They kept the penalties at a minimum. I guess is that what we're going to say? Like they're just having fun, man. I guess that's what happens when your season ended like eight weeks ago. You've kind of your off season. You're 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 mid off season right now. Just loving life. Let's hear first what Brady Quinn has to say about uh, Packers Lions. Uh, no, that doesn't matter to me because I think Dan Campbell is going to have this team ready to play. Talking about that if they're eliminated throughout the course of the week, Pete. It's either to be a spoiler or for a shot to try to go to the playoffs. Either way. They would love to be able to ruin the season for the Green Bay Packers because that's the case regardless, right? Green Bay needs this. By the way, I hate that narrative so much. The idea that they'll be equally motivated to take the Packers out even though they just found out they're going home, their season's done. Come on. This is, and, and I, I get why you're saying it, right, as, as a commentator to, uh, like, talk big. And, and, you know, this is like Matt LaFleur would say it and everybody else would say it because it's all about oh, they're definitely not going to give up. They're going to fight. They, they, they want to play. They're going to be motivated. Dan Campbell's going to get this team ready to go on a human level. Shut up. Shut up. 
You have been fighting and scratching and clawing all season. And for the first time in since, what did I say, 2010, 2011, you have a chance to get in the playoffs, and all you have to do is win, right? One more game, one more. We can do this. We got this. Please let me do this, right? That's all we got to do. And here comes Seattle. And if they win, your season's done. It's over. You're going home. There is no more playoffs. There is nothing else to play for. And it's like, okay, guys, but we could take out the Packers. Dude, shut up. Don't talk to me right now. Our season's over. Right? I, and, and again, it's going to affect different people differently. Some, some will be like, all right, yeah, let's do this. I'm going to still play. But it's, it's insane to me to think that everybody like a robot, and maybe it's just Packer fans thinking too much of ourselves, you know, like everybody's biggest motivation is us. No, their biggest motivation is themselves. They want to go to the playoffs. They want to win a Super Bowl. It's, it's anyways. This game in order to get in, and you better believe that spoiler effect is in full effect there in Detroit for Dan Campbell and the crew. Look, they beat the crap out of Chicago Bears last week, and they're rolling once again after not really rolling it out the week prior versus the Carolina Panthers. On the flip side, obviously the Packers have got their mojo together. Aaron Rodgers has manifested this win streak that they're on right now. The only question is that that four and a half number, do you feel comfortable laying those points? Because the Packers are going to win this thing. It's just by what's that margin. I think the- That's hilarious to me that it just got glossed over. <laughs> right? He, he just talked a big game about Dan Campbell. Like, no matter what, they're going to come in. They're going to fight. They're going to do all this stuff. And then he's talking about the points. And he's like, the only question is the points. Because the Packers are going to win. The question is, is this by too much? Like, wait, 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 wait what did you say? <laughs> Like, just definitively, just flat out, like, no question, Packers are going to win. That's hilarious. Gets better, but that's hilarious. The Detroit Lions offense can maybe even keep pace with what we've seen from Green Bay. But in the end, it's going to be the Rodgers and the Packers are win this one. I, I feel comfortable enough to lay the points here. The rest of the NFC playoff field, they're rooting for the Lions. They do not want the Packers in. The Packers get in, they're a dangerous team, and the Packers will get in. They're going to win this game. We're starting to see little Tell bits and pieces of them getting healthy again. They got the offensive line healthy. Yeah. Bakhtiari's back. Jenkins is playing left guard again. Yeah. The left side of the line is solidified. Rodgers looks more comfortable in the pocket. The young receivers, they've grown up with them. They're playing much better now. They can run the ball. They're averaging 125 yards on the ground mm-hmm. per game. They're running the football. The one problem they have is the run defense. Yes. But I don't think that's going to be the issue in this game. So I think they handle their business. They get into the postseason. And nobody... Nobody in the NFC wants to see him there. I just, the one thing that concerns me about this is Ben Johnson's done a tremendous job this season for Detroit, scheming things up based on teams' weaknesses. And it may not be necessarily what Detroit wants to do, but they have the ability to do it. That is a physical offensive line. They can run the football at times. I wonder how much they will in this game because that's been an Achilles. I see the Packers as your pick, though. I know. I don't feel great about it. I do. I think they win. I just, I I think they win by 10. They win by 10. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Both on the Packers, minus four and a half. PD says I think they win by 10. I do too, by the way. That's pretty much where I have it, 10-point win. Um, and, and by the way, that is the, the thing that's emerging. And it's interesting Brady Quinn mentioned that, right? The offense for the Lions has done a great job of attacking teams' weaknesses. And he's, he's right in the way that he phrased this because the, the prevailing narrative is the Lions are a dominant run team. The Packers are a garbage run defense. That's going to be 
the the crux of this game is the Packers are not going to be able to stop the rushing attack. But Brady phrased this properly. I mean, maybe underestimating the Packers' run defense like everybody else is, but insofar as saying, number one, it would be a major shift for this team that is not a run-first team at all. Would they be willing to change everything they're doing just to kind of throw a curveball into this and, and focus on attacking the Packers' weaknesses as opposed to uh, the Packers uh, doing what we do as a strength? And honestly, I'm not, I'm not opposed to the strategy, even if you acknowledge the, um, the uh, improved run defense of the Green Bay Packers, which, again, since the bye, has been very good. Um, if you look at since the bye week, the Packers' run defense, although ranked uh, 12th, which is not super dominant, they have a negative 15.8 DVOA, which is to say 15.8% better than your average run defense. By the way, in that same span, I know we're talking small sample size here, Detroit, their rushing offense ranks 25th with a negative 27.3. Do you know how bad that is? That, that, that's the other Again, everybody is looking at um, Jamal Williams and DeAndre Swift saying this is an elite duo. Basically, it's what the Packers have with A.J. Dillon and, uh, and Aaron Jones with a slightly less dynamic Aaron Jones, but you got this powerful smash mouth um guy and and in reality again leaving aside the Packers much improved defense including run defense the um rushing offense in terms of yards per attempt for example they rank 15th I think what you're seeing is you see some fancy stuff in the highlight reels from DeAndre Swift which has always been his thing and then Jamal has 60 billion touchdowns and so everyone's like dude this is a great rushing offense and and it's really not even for the season Although, again, they rank 12th. It's a negative 3.1% uh, DVOA, which is 3.1% worse than your average rushing offense. So if Detroit really wants to go into this let's play defense and run the ball thing, you are walking right into a trap because that's how the Packers have been winning. The only reason I'm not necessarily opposed to it is because, again, the success of the Packers' defense has largely been keeping seven guys in coverage. And if you're going to try to win, my thought is you want to do it by passing. However, you're not going to be able to throw. Well, you have to find a way to get that extra guy down. You got to get that fifth guy down playing defense to try to stop the run. And I don't think if you, can, if you can't do that, I don't know that you can have much of a shot. Otherwise, you're, you're just going strength into strength, which again is probably your best bet is to, to turn this into a shootout. We have to score a bunch of points, and we got to do it fast, and we got to force the Packers to to get into this this shootout with us. Because again, Aaron Rodgers isn't really that guy right now. But again, you you have to do that by establishing the run. Because if you can't do that, I don't think the Packers are going to come out of this seven guys in coverage defense. And if as long as they're in that defense, I don't think you're going to be able to do what you do on offense. So uh, again, I, I I appreciate the way that he phrased that in terms of. It's a interesting strategy because it is not their strength and it's not what they've been doing. So do you want to do something focused on your strength or our weakness, the Packers' weakness? And, and again, this whole uh, Lions rushing attack thing is, is a prominent narrative right now for everybody that just refuses to acknowledge anything that the Packers are doing and everything. The, the guys over at um, yeah, the NFL stuff, I, I really don't like what they do either, again, Real shallow analysis from what I can tell. Similar to ESPN, maybe not quite as bad as ESPN. But here is, I think, is this Greg Rosenthal? I don't remember which one's which. I think this is Greg. 
Here's what he had to say about the uh, Packers-Lions. This would be like maybe one of the greatest wins in Lions history if they won this game, even if they already are eliminated. Plus, you get the win feeling that way uh, and the season feeling that way. I think they can do it with their running backs. Uh, This is how the Lions season turned around, was beating this Packers team. was a bit of a fluky game where they were outplayed but had a bunch of turnovers in the red zone. But They just showed the highlight, by the way, if you forgot. This is the one where we tried to throw a pass to David Bakhtiari and Rodgers, for some reason, throws it five yards short right into Hawkinson's hands. So, you know, there's that, too. Jamal Williams in that game was great, and Jamal Williams looks fresh, looks awesome. DeAndre Swift looks as good as he's looked all year. That's the way you attack this Packers defense is with power running, and I think that's who the Lions are. I think they'll be going for fourth downs. I think they'll be running once they get off the bus, and I think they're built to do so. I would love to. Again, Built to do so? Uh, from the standpoint of they have the personnel, you've got the offensive line and, and decent enough running backs. But again, they have not been effective in doing so. I mean, you, you can say from the standpoint of, you know, I like their offensive line and I like their running backs, so they should be able to, but they haven't been able to. That's the problem. And not just from a, a net uh, yard perspective. On a run-to-run basis throughout the season, Per carry basis, they've not been a good running football team, period. And this goes back to the whole, you get what you practice. You get what you emphasize. This is a passing team. Anyways, um, in the second half, I want to kind of briefly look at the playoffs because we really haven't done that. You know, as a team that hasn't been considered a playoff team, usually at this point in the season, that's all we're looking at, right? This week, maybe we're resting our starters. Maybe we aren't. Kind of look at this opponent. Kind of matters. Kind of doesn't. Maybe it does for the number one. I don't know, but it's... Usually, I, I, I have spent a lot of time, time looking at the playoffs. What are we as a playoff team? What are the odds? Uh, did, did, did this, that, and the other. Um, and I haven't done that. So I want to kind of dip our toe in the water a little bit, start looking at some of that stuff. Um, but again, before we get there, checking in our friends over at the Purple Pocket Podcast. And again, it's a lot of fighting. I, 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 I really just hope that they can reconcile their differences because at the end of the day, you guys are family, you know, no fighting. Oh, no. It's say. throwing his helmet on the sideline, moping around, uh, just bad, bad look. I mean, not really. I don't say it's a bad look, man. You know, at the end of the day, man. Oh, no, it's not a bad look. No, nah, I don't that think him throwing his helmet. Packers, I don't throwing think the him, helmet. No, nah, I don't think him slipping throwing his helmet. Slipping and slipping on the field. A bad look. You don't think don't throwing think, your helmet's nah, a bad look? He's frustrated, bro. They ain't been throwing him the ball. Like, boy, kept force feeding TJ Hawkinson. Like, Kirk Cousins wasn't even looking his way, man. That shit was annoying. You know what I'm saying? The only time did you see Jefferson way. fall down? I only seen him fall down once, but with the, with the interception. But still, like, it's just like, damn, man, throw it his fucking way, bro. Like, I don't care if you You're cover right. Give it, him a chance. A good look. It's a good look to throw your helmet. Hell yeah. I mean, shit, he mad. What okay, do you want him mad. to do? Yeah, shit. You sometimes play you better. got you got emotion, man. They're human, man. They got emotions. What do you mean play better? He wasn't getting the ball thrown to him. How the supposed to play better if he ain't getting the ball thrown to him? That's they all needed about. to play better. I'm not pointing out just Justin Jefferson, but play better. Yeah, well, I know you'll find a way to say Kirk Cousins had an amazing game. It wasn't his go listen to my watch. Go, li- go listen to my again. Your first game, you know, bad game. You're gonna jump on Kirk Cousins. Go listen to my video. One of the first things I said was Kirk Cousins was had a bad game today. <laughs> yeah, he damn sure did. Yeah. Um, you mean Jefferson was not on the bench? Seems, seems like it. Yeah, exactly. That's so, what, all I'm saying is 
Just so we're clear, first of all, breaks my heart. Really does. Breaks my heart to hear these guys going at each other like this. They should be much closer than they are. And uh, it's, it's sad to hear. It is funny, though, because, and I don't know if I've mentioned this yet, but the whole thing with Aaron Rodgers, how the, the Packer fans are kind of split between sort of, I guess we'll call it anti-Rodgers, pro-Rodgers. It's a little more nuanced than that, but that's the same thing going on in Minnesota. There are people who are sick and tired of, of Kirk Cousins getting blamed for everything and think that he's a good quarterback, and there are others who are like, you guys will defend him no matter what, and I'm getting tired of it. And both sides are represented in this show, and it's hilarious, and it's coming out because you got the one guy mad at Justin Jefferson, and immediately it jumps to, in his mind, this is your way of defending that garbage quarterback who played like trash and refused to throw our number one star wide receiver. So um, it is nice to hear it because it is funny. It might even be, especially at this point, it's always been a thing with Kirk Cousins. But at this point, it's sort of reaching, It's same with the Packers, with this season, it's reach, reaching a fever pitch. I don't know if it still is. I haven't seen a lot of Aaron Rodgers' arguments lately, but I'm sure it's still a thing. Anyways, let's uh, check in on our friends over in uh, Chicago really Chicago quick. Bears, if they were in the NBA, uh, they'd be getting fined right now for tax. <laughs> yes, like, bro, like, <laughs> like, legit, bro, from the, from the coaching staff to everything else, nobody gave two flying Fs. About bro. this game, bro. I thought that was the funniest line. If this was the NBA, they'd be getting fined for tanking. <laughs> why, why don't we take a break? Patreon.com forward slash pack underscore daddy if you'd like to support the podcast. Also, please consider giving to FertileGroundRanch.org. You can find the information and ways to donate at FertileGroundRanch.org. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. 
What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. All right, so why don't we start from the uh, very beginning here and get acquainted with all the playoff teams or soon-to-be, potentially will-be playoff teams. Um, here's what we know, and we'll just run through it. In the AFC East, the Bills are 100% in the playoffs. They're battling for a first-round bye. The Dolphins and Patriots are battling to get into the playoffs. The Jets are out. AFC North, Bengals and Ravens are both 100% in. Neither has a chance for a first-round bye. The Steelers are still trying to get in, although low probability currently sitting at 14%. The Browns are out. AFC South, Jaguars and Titans are fighting to get into the playoffs. Colts and Texans are automatically already out. The uh, AFC West, Chargers and Chiefs are already in. The uh, Chargers cannot get a first-round bye. The Chiefs are likely to get that first-round bye, but that's not locked up yet. Um, NFC, the East, obviously is uh, loaded with the most current playoff teams, and that would be the Eagles, the Cowboys, and the Giants, who are already locked up. The Washington Commanders are already out. The first-round bye is also likely to go to the Eagles from that division. Although the Cowboys do have an outside shot as well as a few other teams. In the NFC North, obviously the Vikings have locked it up. They cannot get a first round by. Packers and Lions are battling to get in. The Packers have the highest likelihood of any NFC team to get in. That includes the team that's currently in right now if the season were to end today, and that's the Seattle Seahawks. They sit at only a 21% chance, Packers 61%. NFC South, Buccaneers have locked it up. The Saints, Panthers, and Falcons seasons are officially over. And then the NFC West, 49ers are automatically in with a 25% chance of grabbing that number one spot. Seahawks, as I said, 21% chance of getting in. Rams and Cardinals are out. So we'll stick with the NFC now that we've done an overview. I don't really think we need to get into the nuances of the AFC because nobody super cares. Um, But as far as the NFC is concerned, the potential teams that we're going to be going up against, how does all this seeding stuff work? Let's start with the Philadelphia Eagles, who are currently at the top of this whole shebang shabop. Basically, all they need to do is beat the Giants. That's it. They beat the Giants. They get the number one spot. All is good to go. If they do lose, they could still get the number one seed. In fact, that's still most likely, but there is a 27% chance they drop to number two. And the way in which I believe that that would happen is the 49ers not only need to win, but the Commanders also need to beat the Cowboys. If the Commanders and Cowboys win and the Eagles lose, they drop down to the number two seed. 49ers, I mean, they're just kind of the opposite side of the coin. If they they lose, they can't get the number one seed, so they do have to beat the Arizona Cardinals. At that point, it's just 100% down to the Eagles game. If they win, Giants win their number one seed. Otherwise, they are the potential number two seed. And the only reason I say potential is they can drop down to three. They can't go any lower than that. But if they lose, um, then it comes down to Vikings-Bears. This is where the whole Vikings game comes in. And if the 49ers do lose and the Vikings win, the Vikings get the number two seed. The 49ers then fall to number three. If the uh, Bears win, then it doesn't really matter what happens. The worst that can happen for the 49ers is the number two seed. Looking at the Dallas Cowboys, again, they're also in contention for that number one seed, but they're kind of further down the line. They would not only need the Eagles to lose, but they would need the 49ers to lose, and then they would obviously need to win the game. If that happens, they get themselves the number one seed, they get the bye week. 
if the Giants win, they can get the number two seed, um, but only that is only assuming that the 49ers win and the Eagles lose. Essentially, what you would need is for the 49ers to take that number one spot and then the Eagles to actually drop down to the third spot so that they can get the two spot. So it's a little bit convoluted for them to get to the number two seed. They actually cannot get the three or four seed, but they can drop down further than that. There's actually an 80% chance as of right now, thanks to the Eagles, obviously, because the only way you get one, two, three, or four is if you win your division, right? So the more likely scenario is that the Eagles win the division, which would put them at the highest spot, the fifth seed, which is where they're currently most likely to be uh, 80% chance. And if they lose to the commanders, that's it. They're locked in. They're the five seed. So that's the lowest that they can go. So if they lose, they're locked into the five seed. If they win, then it kind of comes down to, are we still the five seed or are the Eagles going to kind of help us out with a loss and a bunch of other weird stuff? But even if they win, they're probably going to be the five seed. The Vikings get interesting because a lot of people are thinking that the best case scenario for the Vikings is a loss. The reason being, if they end up losing, then they are going to get the, um, the three seed, 100%. And as a result, they will be locked in to playing the Giants. As most people assume, the Giants are the worst possible team you can play in the playoffs. So why not lock it in, lose the game? Again, I don't think they're going to throw the game, but still, the reality exists that it's probably your best bet to have the Giants come into your stadium as opposed to anything else. However, I don't think that's going to happen. Now, if the Vikings win, they can still get the three seed. But you are playing with fire a little bit because if the Cardinals do end up pulling out a win against the 49ers, which is obviously not expected, but if they do, you jump to the number two seed, meaning you play the lowest seeded team, which would be the Packers, who just freaking embarrassed you last week. So it's probably going to be the Giants going to uh, Minnesota, but if they win, they had better hope and pray that the 49ers win and aren't over there resting their starters and whatnot. And fortunately for them, the 49ers probably won't be because that number one seed is on the table. Then you get the other division winner, which is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Buccaneers are wildly boring because they are locked into the four seed. Nothing that they do changes anything, which is why it's probably most likely if any team is going to be sitting their starters, this would be the team to do it. They suck too much to take the three, four, uh, the three, two, or one seed, and they're too far ahead of any other team that a loss would cause them to fall in the playoffs down to the, you know, five, six, seven seed. So they're, they are what they are. So three and four seed, or excuse me, the, the, the five and four seed, um, they're going to be playing each other. So Tampa Bay will be playing at home against the five seed, which right now, again, is likely to be the Dallas Cowboys. And from there, you get another super boring team, which is the six seed. As I said, they are 100% locked into this spot which is the uh, sixth seed, which is likely to be the team that the Vikings are playing unless they mess that up. So nothing interesting with them either. Another team that has every reason to just sit their starters, um, which is bad news for everybody that wants the Eagles to lose, like the 49ers, et cetera, et cetera, because the Giants have no reason to be trying to lose players um, going up against the Eagles. The Packers and Lions, we already understand that situation. It's winning in. Packers are either the seventh seed or their season is done. The Lions. If they win and the Seahawks lose, they're the seventh seed. Uh, if not, their season is done. The Seahawks, they need to win and the Packers need to lose. They get in. They're the seventh seed. Other than, otherwise, their season is done. So that is the full comprehensive look at um, all the teams in the NFC and the situation that they're in. Not a huge amount of mobility. 
Um, again, there's a, there's a sort of a three-way fight for that number one spot. Obviously, the one and two are fighting for it, but there is Dallas also that uh, strangely is fighting because they're in the same division as the Eagles, and they have the chance to overtake them. Minnesota, two or three seed. The three is probably better than the two, but you know we'll see what happens. Tampa and the Giants are stuck, and then it's really a three-way battle for that number seven seed, which includes the Green Bay Packers. So the situation is, if the Packers win, they are locked in 100% of the seven seed, which means they will be playing the two seed. The question then is, who can be the two seed? Most likely right now is the San Francisco 49ers. Assuming they win, which I do, they have a 68% chance of being that team. If we don't want to face the 49ers, and I'm guessing many of us do not, then we need to be rooting for the Giants to beat the Eagles. Because if the 49ers win and the Giants win, the 49ers then get that number one spot. In that scenario, with the 49ers beating the Cardinals, the Giants beating the Eagles, and the Cowboys assuming to beat the Commanders, that would put the Cowboys in that spot. We're going to be on the road no matter what, so where do you want to play on the road? I couldn't help but think that our best chance is either Minnesota or Dallas. And in this case, it would be Dallas would be the team that we're facing. The other possibility, again, is the Minnesota Vikings. The 49ers lose and the Vikings win, the Vikings then get that spot. So most likely would be the 49ers. A couple things go our way. We could get Minneapolis, uh, Minnesota. I keep wanting to call them Minneapolis. Minnesota or Dallas. There is also an outside chance that the Eagles get the number two seed. And that would be obviously the Eagles lose. The 49ers win so that they take that spot. However, Dallas does not move ahead. So the command, So if the 49ers win, the Commanders win. Actually, this is probably a more likely scenario. Not that I expect the Giants to win, but if the Giants win, you got a 49ers win and Dallas loses to the Commanders. I don't have a ton of respect for the Commanders, but if there's any team that's almost as fraudulent, in my opinion, as the Minnesota Vikings, as the Dallas Cowboys. So I could potentially see that happening. In that scenario, we'd be going to Philly, which is another one that I'm not a super big fan of. So we'll dig a little bit more into these different teams and their trajectories. I know there's been some things like Philadelphia has been weird and they've had some injuries, but also just generally they've been weird. Like they, they almost lost to the Bears. And since that time, it's been like, what are you doing? Right. And again, Jalen Hurts with his injuries, and I'm sure he's going to be back and healthy. But to what degree and what else is going on aside from just the quarterback with the Philadelphia Eagles? That's making them not necessarily the Philadelphia Eagles anymore. Um, again, I'm not going to go through all of that at this particular point in time. We can focus on that a little bit tomorrow. But I just wanted to give kind of an overview of where we stand. Obviously, after this week, we'll have a much clearer picture of the teams in the playoffs. You know what's really crazy that just hit me, which is, you know, you know how sometimes really obvious stuff just kind of pops into your head and it's like, whoa, that's crazy. If the Packers win this week, they're in the playoffs. That's not necessarily the revelation, but but it's it kind of is. Because as much as it feels like, eh, we're, we're not going to win, whatever. once you're in, all bets are off. And we officially have just as good of a chance as we've probably had the last several years or pretty much any other year we've been in there. I'm not saying we're as good. But we got 14 teams and only one of them is going to come out alive. The odds suck for us just like they suck for the Bengals, just like they suck for the Eagles. But somebody's going to win this thing. It's unbelievable to think that considering this has been one of the worst years I've seen in a very, very long time. As I said, at one point, worse than 2018, worse than 2017, 
worse than I mean, you just go back, 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 back. I pulled up all the data. Like this is this is a significantly awful, terrible season and a terrible football team. And nobody that's been this bad has ever done anything in the playoffs, like ever. It's crazy that this team could very well be hoisting the Lombardi trophy. Not likely, just like it's not likely for likely for anybody else. But it's just it just kind of blew my mind that one more game. And they're in it. They're in the playoffs, and we're off and running. Just like every other year, well, we might get knocked out. We get knocked out first round pretty much every time anyways. It's not different. I just want a shot. One game away from a shot. Let's real quick check in on our friends, see how they're doing, and then uh, we're going to pack it up. We'll start with the Chicago Bears this time and uh, see how we're doing here. I mean, yeah. I mean, I can't think of one thing that they did effectively, consistently. You know, they had the Justin Fields scramble, which was awesome. They had the touchdown. That's good. They had the first drive, like I said. But other than that, I I truly can't think of one thing they did consistently well throughout the game. No, I'll be lying if I sit here and even try to imagine something. Oh, come on. It's not that bad. You guys are going to be fine. Top 10 offense, top 10 defense, Super Bowl next year, guaranteed. All right, let's kick it over to the Purple Pocket Podcast. Come on, dog. Like, you can't blame that on Josh Metelli. You really can't. Like, straight up, man. That wasn't no busted coverage. That was fucking Aaron Rodgers having damn near 20 seconds to sit back there and just, what's up, man? What's going on, everybody? You want the ball? Who want the ball? Y'all raise your hand. Who want the ball? Oh, you want it? Like, it just is what it is. What it is. We ain't getting no pressure on him. You know what I'm saying? But, yeah, I don't care, man. That's how I felt about that play. That play had me sh- you know, we just had a bad game today, boy. I think my favorite is when he's made his point and um, he just keeps rambling and it just keeps getting better and better. We got a couple more. Let's do a couple more. I don't know, man. It's just frustrating, bro. Like, for real. Like, I just hate when shit like this happened when you were 12. You supposedly supposed to be a number two seed, you know, in the NFC and you get embarrassed like that is unacceptable that should be unacceptable though i really do because like when we lose we lose lose bro we don't just lose by no field goal or nothing we be getting exposed like a motherfucker. that shit is annoying i ain't gonna lie we get exposed bro it's like everything that can go wrong goes wrong when we lose i gotta say he's not wrong but am i the only one that thinks of j-rock when uh when he's when he's talking there's two things before got to know about Jada the ROC straight up you know what I'm saying first of all I spin more rhymes than a lazy Susan and I'm innocent until my guilt is proven peace represents Sunnyvale straight the up actually I'm off the cheeseburgers now Randy don't play me like some kind of sucker dog motherfuckers with guts like that ain't off the cheeseburgers motherfuckers with guts like that definitely are on the cheeseburgers dog I'm just saying maybe they're related I don't know Anyways, let's do one more. This one cracked me up. They say it's any given Sunday, but that's bullshit. I don't believe in that. I don't believe in any given Sunday. Why it ain't any given Sunday for the motherfucking Texans? Why it ain't any given Sunday for the Bears? But the Bears could beat us, though. <laughs> Literally, I'm tired of this, bro. Hey, words. I was, I'm not kidding you. I was in tears when I heard that the first time. I don't believe in any given Sunday. Any given Sunday, why, why don't? Why doesn't any given Sunday happen for the Texans? Where's the Bears any given Sunday? But uh, yeah, we could lose to the Bears though. <laughs> oh, I love it. Actually, you know, what? let's do one more. We're just gonna send it off 
Um, I don't even know where to end this because it is it is like an hour long argument about Kirk Cousins. We're just gonna let it run for a little bit and then we're gonna get out of here. Which I know you think he's the same. Um, I know you think he don't change, Dave. I know you think he's just been the same Kirk since Washington, but I think Kevin o, Kevin O'Connell just keep definitely plays that. a part. You wouldn't have ever done this last year, but he he did. You you would have had six comeback for high victories, but we had two walk off scores against us that our defense gave up. I mean, he, he that would have been six fourth quarter comebacks. He's got eight this year. I mean, he's done it before. Um, I'm that ain't I'm, what I'm it's talking about. A Hall of Fame safety said Zimmer had the throttle on our offense. He had the throttle on our offense last year. All right. So, all right. So, and, Kevin O'Connell before, don't matter. All right. So, Kevin O'Connell's not mad. He's not a good match with Kirk. It don't no, it's Kirk good has. because he made the decision to no, let the no, offense. No, 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 It don't matter. No, no. Well, From what you're saying, about? it don't matter. What are you talking matter? about? Getting rid matter. of Zimmer was matter. a big deal on how this offense has improved. You keep no. talking about how Kirk's having a bad year. He's no. fifth in yards and fourth in Ooh, touchdown. I say he had a bad year. When I you have that. said that Kirk Cousins has a down year, but I like him because we're winning. He's fifth in yards well, and before, fourth in touchdowns. That was before he had the two 400-yard games, though, too. Now. So That's, I said that. I said that, that is a full I season. That is a full season last year. It was yeah. a full season the year before. We weren't had a full season yet. Yeah, well, I said that before. Well, no, we are. I said that now before we had to come back. Full before season. we had to come back from thirty-three points, and he had to throw a lot too. Dude, back back when we were throwing, back then it was uh, we were he was seventh in yards and ninth in touchdowns. Now he's fifth and fourth, both better numbers than you had last year. So I mean, just you got to turn every single. You think the coach plays a part Cousins. in that? You think the you coach turn every single game into Kirk Cousins? You think the coach plays a part in him having a better year? I one hundred percent says it has. I the first thing I said in the season is that we get up to the line with fifteen to twenty seconds to go. Yeah. We didn't so, really so, do that. He, he would have did that with whoever been the coach. If, if if Zimmer was the coach this year, he would have been. You got to call the play. So Zimmer would have in did that, time right? for the quarterback to get up to line of but Zimmer would have did that. Zimmer would have did that though this year. You think he would have had the same type? No, of up to the. Okay. No, and that's okay. why it's so successful this oh, year. Thanks. All right, so Are back to what I was saying. This? The coaches matter. Back to what I was saying. The coaches in the system matter. So back again, what I'm saying Kirk would have never, Zim- never Wilson, done this Wilson Zimmer. coming yeah, here would be different. Bro. Dude, dude, different. you said you would never have done this under Zimmer. Yeah, I agree with you. He wouldn't have. Yeah. Because Zimmer wouldn't, wouldn't let him get up to the line of scrimmage until there was five seconds exactly. left, and he had to so, snap so it. So again, I'm right. He would have never did it with Zimmer. So, I mean, what are we arguing about? Just tell because me right. that's the way the season <laughs> played out, man. Just tell me the I'm right, man. Done. Regardless, just tell me I'm right. It's okay to tell me I'm right, man. It's fine, man. It ain't gonna kill you. It ain't gonna kill you to tell me I'm right. He, he never would have yeah, done it with jump on, jump on Kirk Cousins after one one another loss. Man, and we're Kirk Cousins, he got and four. The night. There it is. There it is. You heard nah, it here. <laughs> nah, he's I, back. I, he's I've been back, dissing, everybody. I, he's I haven't back, been everybody. I haven't been dissing Kirk Cousins. I haven't been dissing. He's back, everybody. Tip ball, pick six, touchdown, kick return, touchdown, three turnovers.